Hello, and welcome to the Embedded Insiders with Brandon Lewis and Rich Nass of Embedded Computing Design. Uh, we're here on a Friday afternoon getting ready for the weekend on a short week, so I didn't get much done, but how are you doing, Rich? I'm doing fine. I notice when you start, you say your name first. What's up with that? Well, that's the way that things are in this company. I'm always first. Um, anyway, today we're going to be talking a little bit about the industrial IoT, and last week I was at NI Week, and somebody who was at the show that I missed at the show is joining us today. That's Dr. Stan Schneider of Real-Time Innovations. How are you, Stan? I'm fine. I'm a little insulted you missed me, but I'm fine otherwise. <laughs> okay, Brandon, now you've insulted both of us. <laughs> now you've insulted both of us. <laughs> this is why you have to drive, Rich. What's the act two here? <laughs> Um, but uh, one of the big things that's come up recently around RTI and the industrial Internet in general is the Industrial Internet Consortium's uh, connectivity framework. And what that does is define four connectivity standards uh, for interoperability across industries. One of the big things in industrial IoT is going to be the ability for, to say, things, data that's coming out of uh, automation to be able to be transported not only to an enterprise backend, but maybe then utilized in some other vertical industry, too. So we're starting to break down some of those silos. Um, the four connectivity standards that are defined there are web services, 1M2M, OPC UA, and DDS. Uh, but from my understanding, as speaking with you, Stan, in the past, DDS can handle uh, pretty much anything in a lot of the key verticals that the IIC connectivity framework touches on. So why not, D why not just DDS? Why do we need four? So the IICS, the Industrial Internet Connectivity Framework, is actually the end result of uh, almost three years of effort between uh, dozens of experts from lots of different companies and uh, maybe equally important, lots of different uh, supporters and fans of uh, the various standards out there. Um, and actually, when we walked in the door, everybody thought they could do everything. Um, <laughs> Because you know they, that's what they're. And in fact, you know, I never thought actually DDS could do everything, but I thought that the standards overlapped pretty much a lot, and you know a lot of a lot of applications would live in a space that you could logically go and pick DDS or MQTT or OPC UA and, and have a reasonable outcome. Um, and, and maybe the biggest learning that I have, and I think everybody has, when we walked out of this, is these things are so different. Um, that there's actually very, there are very, very few applications, at least any, any that have any uh, significant challenges, which is most applications that could logically choose uh, one or the other of these standards. And the real, the real problem out there is confusion because people just don't have the same words. Uh, like what's real time? You know, is that milliseconds or is that uh, today? And what's a thing? Uh, you know, things could be a, you know, a little sensor embedded in a person, or it could be a, you know, launch control system for uh, for NASA that has 300,000 big devices in it. I mean, they're very, very different uh, applications, and um, you know, we 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 tried to ban a few words actually after the end of it. Uh, in fact, when we asked everybody what our, what our target application was, almost every group said that what they did is system integration. 
Um, mm. So that word is now banned, <laughs> or at least just found on, because system is different than integration. Integrating what? So I am not a fan of the word integration without what you're integrating, and I'm really not a fan of the word interoperability without the word between, uh, to say what you're interoperating between. Um, the fundamental thing I think we did is quite different than what other groups have done, uh, besides analyzing all these things in some depth, is we, we defined a new stack architecture that really maps to the industrial Internet of Things challenge uh, on a functional level. And really, it's about interoperability. Um, and the, the, the new layer is basically called one transport layer is uh, really about technical interoperability. Can you send bytes, you know, packets around byte, uh, chunks of information around it? Nobody knows what it is. Um, the next one up is syntactic interoperability, which just basically means you can send a whole data structure and everybody knows what it is. And then the last one, semantic interoperability, means you absolutely do know what that is. And by putting technologies where they logically fit into that area, we are able to make some pretty interesting conclusions about how you should build systems and how they should interact. Um, and they're so far apart that, you know, I completely disagree that DDS can do anything. It's it's not really aimed at that. I mean, um, I disagree that OPC UA can do anything. I disagree that the 1M to M, which is a sort of telecom standard or anything. In fact, the languages are so different uh, that it's actually pretty easy to split them up. I have, I have five easy questions I can ask you for any technology and tell you what you should choose. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's really that simple when you understand them. So, so one of the things, Stan, though, is is, is DDS spans uh, on that and that new industrial IoT network architecture. DDS spans the transport layer and then that syntactic interoperability layer you were talking about, which is actually called the framework layer, just for simple simplicity's sake. Um, right. What are the implications that it has on semantic interoperability? The real honest to God interoperability that you know what the information coming across from system to system is. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit on the semantic interoperability because you you, got, you need to have interoperability between, um, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do. I, I think that the framework interoperability is sort of the, the, the framework level, the syntactic interoperability is, is really a requirement. It's, it, that's the hard thing going from an undefined block of bytes to having a structure definition because that that really pushes you to understand um, you know that you can write code in different languages that you can have uh, different types of modules connecting with each other that you can understand what uh, kinds of information flow there are uh, that, that's really critical for the, for the infrastructure layer to handle that um, and you can, and that also has the ability to be fairly horizontal. Uh, the semantic interoperability layer, which is really data in context, is best handled. Uh, it's different for every industry. So, mm. you know, the the definition of semantic interoperability for ICE, which is uh, a integrated clinical environment in the medical industry for hospital device integration standard. Um, you know, there you're talking about physiological parameters and structures that define, you know, where on the body this uh, sensor is located or this lead is touching and, you know, what 
what is an acceptable uh, range for things. That, that that level of thing is very specific to a physiological medical application. You, you can't use the same thing in the power industry where you're trying to do at that level is understand things like, uh, you know, power quality, voltage slews, and uh, phase variations, and all those kinds of things that you'd see in a power control system. Um, the semantics are going to be pretty different, whereas the, the, the connectivity framework, you still have structures of floating point numbers and strings and things like that. So you have to look at, you know, as you go up the stack in any one of these areas, you're going to have more and more specificity towards uh, some of the industrial verticals. And another thing we found is it's not about verticals so much, although some some technologies are very aimed at a single vertical. DDS is not, for instance. Um, but it's more like, you know, I like to say it's like animals. Uh, there's land, sea, and air animals. Um, the architectures, there's mammals that uh, live on the land. There's mammals like whales and seals that live in the ocean. And there's bats that fly in the air. And, you know, they may live in the same environment, but they actually all have the same kind of architecture. And you really need to look at the architectural demands, not the industry they're in. Um, gotcha. so. That was very interesting, the way you brought that down to a level that he, even I could understand. <laughs> That's why I say my name first, Rich. But <laughs> um, uh, one, one, a closing uh, question here, Stan. What did you see at NI Week, and uh, is there anything in the pipe for the IIC uh, moving forward? Um, well, actually, I got to be on stage in an eye week with our customer, Hyperloop. If you don't know what a Hyperloop is and you're listening to this, I encourage you to go look at Hyperloop-1.com. Hyperloop's an amazing technology. Uh, what I really am excited about in eye week, uh, National Instruments has some very powerful test and measurement of technology that allows you to very quickly throw together some testing software, and we're now enabling that to go into operational systems that have and that Hyperloop is actually relatively small for us. It's only got 40 or 50 uh, boxes connected. But now you can mix in those kinds of technologies much better because we can handle the interoperability, syntactic interoperability between them. Um, and that's a, really a very new technology. So uh, I'm not really a test and measurement expert, uh, but I am excited about the uh, application of the quick prototyping software and the quick, uh, easily understandable graphical languages mm -hmm. uh, to what were very difficult to program uh, distributed systems and things like that. So I, I, the industrial end of thing is going to change the world in an incredible number of ways. And what I was really excited about NI Week is sort of the ability of a player like National Instruments to now uh, go into many types of industries that they types of applications with industries. Again, they're they're in architecture, right? They're not they're in uh, almost every industry you can name in test and measurement. But now they can go into some of those and deal with distributed systems and deal with operational systems. Uh, even have some uh, some technology that's running out in the field while it's not not by some test engineer, but actually helping to control things. Um, that's mm -hmm. pretty exciting change, in my humble opinion. How about IIC? What's next? Semantic interoperability? Is that the next big challenge? Um, the IIC has a very active group uh, called DDIM, uh, Distributed Data and Interoperability 
management, and its goal is to define the semantic interoperability. Uh, it's not trying to do it across industries, it's doing it within industries. So we're working with many of the standards and uh, well, the data models um, that are required by these different industries. Um, different technologies have higher up and down the stack there, but I think that's it's an exciting thing because it allows you to really build a uh, a real internet, um, and you know, with the with the lower levels of interoperability, someday we can actually interop, you know, connect the power grid to the medical system, for instance, and uh, make sure hospitals get enough energy. But that's that's way down the road. For right now, the really exciting thing is just enabling all these distributed applications uh, to use. Uh, artificial intelligence uh, modules and connect that with real pervasive networking uh, so that you can build new types of applications, so you can analyze the old applications and make them more efficient, uh, do predictive maintenance, um, but also you know, build transportation and medical systems of the future that are faster and more distributed and much more intelligent. That's great. Well, uh, we're about out of time, uh, but just quick shameless plug um, for those of you interested in learning more about the Industrial Internet of Things. Uh, the Industrial IoT University is going to be taking place this June 27th at the uh, San Jose Convention Center. Uh, it's in conjunction with Sensors Expo. But I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Stan Schneider of RTI for coming in and giving us some perspective on how the industrial IOTs like bats and mammals. <laughs> and you too, Rich, for sitting in the back of the classroom and not saying anything. <laughs> All right, Brandon, care, you sort of like a bat sometimes. No? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, take care. You sort of can uh, fly around in the dark and find anything. Uh,